I want you to hold me and never let me go. Are we actually rolling? <laughs> well, it's recording at the moment. <laughs> it's not a struggle unless it's a struggle. Like, I know that sounds ridiculous, but for some, um, some people, being an actor, a breeze. You're encouraging us to use this podcast to tell me I'm shit. <laughs> G'day guys, welcome to another episode of Let's, Let's Talk, Talk Acting. Acting. Nailed it. In, the, <laughs> in this episode, we we have a look at a bit of stimulus from a mate of ours who was yeah. a, bit, a bit down at he the He was pub, a bit down, a bit down. Um, which led us on to a bit of a chat about auditioning, staying in the game, your mates getting roles around you. Yeah, a bit tough. A bit tough. Ooh, and then we have a little chat about drama school, reflect yeah. on our experiences getting into drama school. Monologues and, uh, to choose, etc. A few do's and don'ts. Yeah. More so don'ts. More don'ts uh, <laughs> for those looking uh, at getting into drama school. So yeah. uh, enjoy the episode and we'll uh, see you on the other side. We were a bit cheeky. Was it last week? <laughs> it was over the weekend, yeah. We were out drinking with a friend and he was getting very philosophical, a little bit deep, a little bit Waxing depressed. philosophical. So I, uh, I reached over for Luke's iPhone and we hit the record button and here it is. <laughs> Common themes, common themes, aren't they? <laughs> Just that you're putting in all the effort you can, um, and at the end of the day, all you need is some luck. Just need some of that luck. Yeah, yeah. But it's interesting. We were speaking to someone about it um, afterwards, sharing sharing it around this clip. Yeah, we have, we have got permission. We've to got use permission. It, so it's, it's not just yeah bullying. Um, but he saw it as a really good thing. Like it's um, you know it's great that he's going in there and doing good work and feeling good about it. Yeah. And the luck element, like we come back to this quite a bit. The luck element is out of your control. You know, and it's frustrating. Yeah, well, not entirely out of your control. Yeah, I, was I mean, back. I could yeah, see the well, obviously, <laughs> in this consistent, high quality work over time, um, it doesn't necessarily increase your luck in the single instance. But if you're opening yourself up to um, the the winds of luck over time, um, you're giving yourself more opportunities for that luck to kick in. Um, it, it does improve your chances of. Receiving good luck. We were talking about it being similar to um, poker, 
it's a good analogy of well, I was at least. I thought it was a good analogy. Um, <laughs> it's probably a great analogy. Let's hear just it. Just the idea that poker obviously is a game of skill, but also there's a large component which is luck. Mm. Um, but if you read kind of the, the books about it, or you speak to people who you know do it professionally, it works as a profession because you go in with a set set of rules mm. more or less, um, and you keep playing your game. And sometimes you'll randomly lose on a yeah. terrible hand or sometimes you'll do very well on a poor hand. Mm. That There's always that element that's luck. Mm. But over time, if you keep playing the game right and you've got a set of rules, it will work out or it does work out for people who play professionally. Yeah, And I think that's similar to acting and that if you, like you were saying, if you keep doing good work and you create, you know, you get as good as you can do, if you keep putting yourself in that environment, yeah, yeah sometimes you'll miss out to some random guy who's, a, ter- a terrible actor or maybe you'll the equivalent out. of a seven deuce yeah yeah, yeah exactly. just a horrible <laughs> hand that person that that is the equivalent to just the worst hand you can possibly have in poker yeah sure but over time if you keep refining your game or your craft mm-hmm. uh the the luck factor goes down hopefully yeah it's a really optimistic way of looking at it. i like it um mm. obviously um our friend there in that recording is starting to feel like he's been playing that game, mm. playing his game really well. And he only seems to be receiving the, the negative side of that. Just the, mm. the bad luck, the, the losing against the odds consistently over time. Mm. And obviously it is possible. Um, if, if every audition <laughs> is a coin flip, you could always flip heads and be backing tails for the rest of your life and your career. And that's the risk that we take, isn't it? As mm. actors to stay in the game, regardless of, um, you know, just a completely unpredictable future. Mm. Another thing that's interesting about it is how he mentioned, I'm doing the best work I can do. Mm. Do you feel you're often coming to that revelation about your own work? Like, did you, are you going, yeah, I'm doing really good work? No. <laughs> <laughs> I, I really, really, really mm. feel that way. Um, yeah, and I think uh, you could also see that being able to gauge your work, if you feel like you can, um, could mean that you're actually outside of yourself a little bit and and watching from a third-person perspective, you know, which could mm. be some kind of disconnect in your acting, which may be what the director or the casting director is seeing, that yeah. you're outside of yourself when you're performing. Not that I'm saying that's the case, but certainly in my experience. Um, yeah, and we've all got stories where we've... Um felt we've done terrible work or mm. it's felt really off and people yeah. have gone that was the best thing i've seen you do or that was a great audition yeah you know? because when when you're completely transcended mm. you shouldn't necessarily be able to gauge the quality of the work right because you're just being in the moment in the character in the scene in the play in the film mm. yeah yeah it's very interesting but it's certainly a theme that we're all familiar with <laughs> feeling like we're just you know putting it out there consistently and this is the profession that we chose um and we just want to do it we just want to work want those opportunities Mm. and and they're not coming our way yeah and i feel we come back to to this a lot on the podcast and i feel bad for the the poor people with um with so much hope or who are looking at doing it but i think it is important to to constantly come back to to the reality of doing anything creative and you know feeling discouraged and feeling Mm. that you're pushing uphill with a lot of stuff. Yeah. 
and try and trying to get because you have to come to to terms with that and find some sort of peace. So I think it's a really interesting and important uh, issue to discuss. Yeah, I think so too. And one of the things that I've been focusing on for the last couple of days is is recovery time, and I, I've talked about it on the podcast before as well. But um, your ability to go into an audition, give it your best, mm. leave, um, and then start focusing on the next project. And if you don't have anything to focus on, waiting for that yes or no to come in from the audition. Um, and regardless of what you receive, and obviously usually it's in the negative, but going, okay, I didn't get that one. What's next? And mm. Recovering from that disappointment as quickly as possible, learning the lessons and moving on. Yeah. And that's, again, to jump back to the poker analogy is really important in... In going, yeah, in poker, uh, it's about you know, emotional control. Yeah, and going, yeah, you might have lost, you might have gone in with, you know, a pair of aces mm. and lost, which is the best hand in poker, you know, to begin with. Yeah. And uh, and then you go into the next round going, I've got to win back that loss. or mm. Whereas actually, you've got you've got to disconnect from that and keep playing your game. Yeah. And keep going, okay, <laughs> I just missed out on that fantastic role, shortlisted for or whatever. And then, yeah. no, nah, but I've got an audition tomorrow. And to restabilize, and, mm. yeah, yeah, and and um, for regular listeners of the podcast, I auditioned for something last week that I had very high hopes for, mm. um, which unfortunately didn't come through. Um, but for the person, yes, you've heard back, yeah. Definitely. But for the person that I auditioned with, they did get an offer for the role. Really, right? So that's incredibly disappointing because I I know that my work was supportive enough yeah, to yeah. allow that person to shine. Um, and I still feel like the work was was mm. good, but yeah, recovery Actually, time, getting back on the horse for this one, whew, it's a struggle. How does that's a, that's a thing that's been happening a lot this week? Actually, quite a few of my friends, seems that pretty much all my good friends seem to be getting roles this week, mm. and I, I think I've definitely got I've definitely gotten a lot better at that. Coming back to you know you're running your own race, doing your own thing. Oh, but it's brutal, but isn't it? It is. That's another big area that is just it's really hard to to not go to to not get I guess it's fundamentally jealous, isn't it? Or it's just it's just frustration at your own journey perhaps. Hmm. I don't know. How do how do you go with that? Yeah, I, I really struggle with it. And mm. um for people living outside of Australia listening to the podcast, this is the time where major theatre companies in particular start casting their roles for next year's season. Mm. Um which some of our friends have been really fortunate to to get on board with, but obviously that applies to film and stuff as well. Um, yeah, I struggle with that for sure because you go, well, hang on, I didn't even get seen for that. How mm. you know how does how does that happen? Uh, and that's just the politics behind roles. You know, mm. people get offered and um, they can't see everyone in the world because that would take too long, and they need to lock someone in, and they're available. Why not? Mm. Yeah, and I don't hold that personally against them, obviously. Um, and it has happened in my favour in the past. So mm. you've got to just take it on the chin, don't you? Mm. Um, but it's tough. Well, on that, I mean, I had a... Uh, if anyone's had a listen to the interview I did with Lee Lewis, who's mm -hmm. the artistic director of Griffin Theatre Company, which is a big theatre company here in Sydney. And, you know, she... I remember when they were doing their generals, people were so frustrated about... Sorry, what's a general? So generals just... Usually a theatre company once a year will do um, sort of a bulk audition where they'll see people perhaps they haven't... Um, sure, with no particular kind of, role in mind. Yeah, but, just yeah. to kind of just get a, you know, a feel for new actors or see some people they haven't seen before. Mm -hmm. 
you know, people are, there was a lot of that same jealousy and kind of people going, oh, why, why haven't they seen me and what's wrong with me? And and when I was speaking to her about about that, about how you get in front of, how does someone show you their work? She mm. was like, I'm what, you know, this is one of the, the major sort of companies in Sydney. Mm. And she was going, really? The theatre company is me and another lady who kind of works part-time. And, you know, and within her job, she's got to also <laughs> do yeah, so much. Do so much. Um, so, yeah, and I think people... It, it was it was refreshing to hear that from someone in that and position. And just go people just to get in touch, right? Yeah, just to- she was openly encouraging that because it was like, how on earth can I keep track of, you know, all these Thousands new people coming out, actors, all these yeah. new agencies that are saying, can you see these 10 people, you know? Mm. So... Yeah, there is a lot of that. Um, I hate the being in the right place at the right time, but it's it's kind of that idea of sometimes it works for you that you just that have you a just relationship there. with them. You yeah, know, there's a, yeah, yeah. Um, and also, I guess as a silver lining, if we're looking for one, um, there's always opportunity cost with work, right? So, um, you know, maybe. If you miss out on that role, think, well, what other gigs are going to open up in that time slot? Mm. Um, and I'm sure that there will be opportunities for, for both of us um, and anyone listening. Mm. If they've just missed out on a gig, see the silver lining, I reckon. I think that's a very good uh, mentality to have, actually, with it. Yeah. If you have any thoughts or questions or queries, hit us up on Twitter at Stage Milk is our handle and on Facebook www.facebook.com forward slash Stage Milk and obviously the website itself stagemilk.com which is a resource site for actors mm-hmm. with plenty of info games, articles and if you'd like to write something for us put pen to paper keyboard to computer and, uh, and send us something we'd love to hear your thoughts on acting and being an actor So I've um, been having a lot of chats recently with people about drama school yeah sure it's getting to that uh, um, time of the year where when Australia at least where um, auditions usually happen about November yeah so people are applying and looking at monologues and starting to make that choice as to whether they're going to go mm. or whether they're going to be accountants instead <laughs> <laughs> yeah that, you know I mean I'm a huge fan of accountants what were you doing before before acting school? Before drama school, I was at the University of Melbourne studying a, a Bachelor of Arts. And was there sort of a drama focus in that? or just... um, Not particularly, because the creative arts course there was um, kind of being bled out at that stage. Right. Um, the VCA, the Victorian College of the Arts, is associated with Melbourne University. Mm. Um, so most of the creative courses were done through the VCA. Um, but I was really fortunate that um, the artistic director of the Union House Theatre at Melbourne University had been the artistic director of a state theatre company before Mm. um, and he'd worked in casting in Melbourne and that kind of stuff so um, I had access to this incredibly experienced and um, open and um, generous mentor just randomly because I happened to be there at that time. So that, that's been one of the moments of luck in, in my 
it's a good, it's a it's a funny thing um, because I was talking recently with um, with someone about uh, a drama school, and they've had a change of uh, teachers recently, mm-hmm. and I think people often look at a drama school because of its you know reputation as a school. Yeah, but fundamentally, at any school, you're probably going to have at most five. Well, maybe five teachers, but dedicated to acting, maybe two, maybe three yeah. in some schools. Um, to actually yeah, do some research about who the acting teachers are. Yeah, who the, because, hum- the, the humans are. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, because every great school has had periods where, you know, they've maybe, you know, like there would be teachers that wouldn't have worked out for you, you know, so. Um, it, Which is interesting about the um, French system. Um, as a point of difference, friends of ours that went to train in Paris, they were saying that um, you you can almost choose who you train under mm. um, and their years are blended in a way that, that doesn't happen elsewhere. Yeah, yeah. And that's and a lot of the great, um, you know, American schools were mm. founded on that principle of you're studying under that person, you know, Uta right. Hagen or Stella Adler or whatever. Their school's named after a person sure. that had their own technique. and Cool. Um, yeah, and I feel like in Australia, probably more people go, oh, I want to go to NIDA or I want to go to WAPA because it's, you know... Yeah, because they well look at the point. alumni. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, um, yeah. And they are great schools, and they're great schools for a reason. But I think it's, um, you know, if you can do some research um, mm. or do, you know, a lot of these teachers do workshops outside and, you know... Yeah, just dip your tongue scope in. Scope it out, yeah. Oh, but man, can you imagine auditioning for drama schools again? That process, of, <laughs> that process of choosing uh, audition monologues and preparing them and stressing out about them and thinking all of those things like, how do I make myself stand out? Like, how, well, how do you make yourself stand out? I don't. Yeah, again, I think jumping back to what we spoke about earlier, I think you you have to just do your thing. You mm. have to. You have to just. You that that idea of yeah trying to stand out. I mean, I've seen some funny stuff, especially at the night auditions, because you can, if if no one, if you haven't done them before and you're listening, basically it's usually about twenty people. Yeah, and you kind you're of audition in, in front. You're going in groups. Oh, so horrible. And I've yeah, and I think NIDA because it's you know the the national school. You have an, another level of people who maybe are just doing it because they want to be famous or it's novelty. You know, it's like they'll give it a go. Yeah. So you get some some real. <laughs> interesting actors yeah sure and I'm sure that some of those people get in you know yeah um, and so they should yeah she's yeah it's just uh, as valid reason as any other reason I think Maybe. yeah absolutely um, so what monologues did you do to get into Wobber what did I do I did uh, Benedict Much because you had to do a, a Shakespearean monologue yeah. and a contemporary monologue right yeah which is usually usually happens. Do you want to give us they a little bit? I certainly do not. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, Can you remember what your contemporary monologue was? It was um, it was a Eugene O'Neill play, uh, "Long Day's Journey Into Night." Yeah, right. That, a bit from that, maybe. Yeah, <laughs> maybe. Um, it obviously meant a lot to you. Yeah, but I think that is an important thing. I think to do. Um, because they'll typically get you to do something contrasting, but to mm. find, um, you know, maybe one with a bit of humour and then maybe something a bit more serious. Yeah. Um, 
but just being genuine I think I mean even taking this outside of just auditioning for drama school but especially with drama school I remember I was helping <laughs> I was helping out the auditions and this very intense girl came up to me and she goes um, could I speak to you for a sec oh no so she took me into <laughs> she took me into this little kind of alleyway um, in the venue we were at and I no jokes she she looked at me and she goes I want you to hold me and never let me go and I with every fibre of my body was trying not to laugh at this poor girl who was about to go in for an audition and I went sorry what, what, what do you mean and she's like I'm going to do my monologue and I want you to hold me and do not let go of me and I'm like I'm sorry, okay. I'm speechless. I and have no idea. How to so it was kind of like, so she was facing away from me and I'm holding her arms and we're in this alleyway and she was a strong, <laughs> strong woman. And I was, and I was, you know, because I'm trying to be respectful and it was, you know, so I'm holding onto it and I'm, and I'm about to fall over and I'm trying desperately not to laugh. <laughs> it's just pulling me over and, and, Okay, I think this is borderlining on disrespectful to this girl. <laughs> but okay, so so no, but it's uh, no, but it, it's not. Um, it was, you know, and that was a fine technique. But this is just, uh, you know, this is just to give you a, a feel. For <laughs> she was Some very, she was very intense. Choices. Yeah, and that's fine. We we've done a lot of intense stuff. But she went then. She went into the audition, and um, just and it happens a lot in drama school. You know, maybe took three. Just borderline on maybe you know two or three minutes, just sitting there silently before her monologue. How do you mean in preparation? Yeah. Oh no. And you know, I think people across the board, you know, absolutely fine. Take a sec, even even take a few, you know, ten seconds. You know, get yourself in the zone, have a breath. No one's going to find that. But I think it it is. So wait, are you talking literal minutes? Yeah, like I think it was about a minute. For sure. Okay. If, um, if we're... If, if anyone listening is <laughs> hoping for some tips on this stuff, um, that is too long. Do not take a minute to hmm. prepare. And that's my point. I'm not trying to uh, disrespect this poor girl, but it's... People perceive... I think in acting in general, people again and again, when you speak to people, want down-to-earth people who are easy to get along with, who, are, who don't take themselves too seriously. Mm. Um but when they when they work, you know, obviously take the work very seriously. But ninety percent of, of working as an actor is, you know, discussion, talking outside of the scene with the director. It 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 is about your personality as well. Mm. Um so that would be And certainly in that context it's about um Choosing a group of actors who will work well as an ensemble for three years. Yeah. Right. It's not just about picking the most brilliant of the crop. Mm. Um, but that's something that I didn't realize going in at this stage when I was choosing my monologues and, and getting ready. But on the day, um, certainly for those schools where you see other people perform, I remember thinking, there is just, there is absolutely no way that I'm going to get into this school. Because these people are so much better than me. Like, they are amazing. Um, the people who had prepared all of this stuff, really intricate, self-devised and directed performance art pieces almost that included the words of the monologue. 
but I think in general, certainly from looking at the... Because in our first week, we saw the monologues of the people that were in our class, mm. um, that it was just more about like a straight delivery mm. where the actor understands the words and the motivations of the character and just functionally delivers the monologue as if it's in context of a play. Yeah, and which is fundamentally what makes any acting good. It's, you know, and that's, I think, what you learn through drama school is letting go of these ideas. That you, you have know, to make it really th- interesting in yeah, some yeah. way. And I think that does happen a lot with drama school. And that's actually a very good point, is to let go of that idea that within one monologue, you've got to show... I was always like, I've got to show I can act. Everything. Show that I can be angry, happy, smart, you know. But in fact, these are very good people mm. who have been doing it a long time. They know what they're looking for. And I think it's the same with an audition. If you give them one little spark, mm. that's enough. Yeah. It's not about going... Because if it becomes presentational and mechanic if you're just going through the catalogue of emotions. Yeah, I remember this... Um, yeah, absolutely. If you're like trying to throw in every emotion possible, mm. like all of those hats, what are those? Anyway, <laughs> Leonardo's hats or whatever it is. Um, <laughs> speaking of hats, one of the audition pieces that I... Sorry, that was, <laughs> that was a good, good segue. One of the audition pieces that I remember... This guy had um, created this whole piece and it made sense as the character, but in the given circumstances, if someone were to do that, everybody around them would just be laughing at them going, what are you doing with that hat? But, he, you know, he did some tricks where he flicked it onto his foot and then from his foot onto his head and behind his back and it was this incredible circus piece. Mm. But if it were in a play... Every other character in that play, if you imagine it as a real world, would be looking at him going, what are you doing with that hat? (laughs) Given circumstances are important as well, is what I'm trying to say. Um, Yeah, I mean, I think fundamentally, as always, if you're auditioning, a bit of contrast, but keep it simple and trust in, you know, delivering, just delivering the text well know what you're saying believe what you're saying embody it and say it Mm. yeah for me i did um what what did i do i did uh edmund and uh chopper reed Mm. hello yeah you remember that there was a bit of contrast there Mm. yeah if you'd like to see a list of monologues actually check out the website stagemilk.com we've got um Lists of monologues. Uh, yeah, big list of uh, yeah, Shakespeare monologues if you're looking and uh, more contemporary monologues as well. Yeah, um, but obviously if you're auditioning for a specific drama school, make sure you get monologues off their lists as well, which is part of the application process. Yeah. So if you've got any questions uh, about which drama school to go to, um, looking for monologues, definitely hit us up at all the, uh, all the usual social media outlets at... Stage Milk on Twitter, www.facebook.com forward slash Stage Milk and www.stagemilk.com. Very nice. It's a nice flashback into the past there. How do you mean? Into the, the, the pre, pre-drama school time. Oh, yeah. Right. Horrible. Stressful. Stressful times. <laughs> um, but well, good luck if you are auditioning for drama school. And we'll uh, see you next week.